on this podcast we usually talk about mental health and psychology but we never really speak about how you can get there you know how it's like to study psychology what are the challenges that you face how hard or easy it is so in today's episode we have with us dia khatri who is an ma in psychology with a clinical specialization she talks to us about the challenges that she faced during her undergraduate postgraduate and even while practicing therapy this episode is going to be really helpful to all the aspiring psychologists out there so without further ado let's get right into the episode so on today's episode where we talk about challenges faced while going from masters to actually practicing therapy dia we have many aspiring psychologists that listen to our okay. podcast what are some pieces of advice that you would give an undergraduate psychology student and a student who's doing masters in psychology sure sure so um one is if you just look at undergraduate i think that is an area where you're still exploring a lot of areas of psychology even mm-hmm. areas of psychology are exploring what psychology is right mm-hmm. now at at that stage in your ty stage or in your ba stage you have a very limited understanding of psychology so one mm-hmm. is i would just suggest and recommend to really look at different areas of psychology look at cognitive look at neuro what are your interests you know saying so you know you may feel like a pressure sometimes to narrow down on something mm-hmm. but try to kind of just look open and try looking at different areas cuz psychology is always upcoming there's always something new so mm-hmm. stay updated that's definitely mm-hmm. one thing another thing is research so that was mm-hmm. one thing where i didn't really focus on cuz mm-hmm. i was so like scared of research mm-hmm. and in my ba i was like you know i don't think i can do research this is just something for your masters but i would definitely say to dive into research in your ba because in ba actually learning a lot of the concepts so looking mm-hmm. at even publishing mm-hmm. papers because you do get a lot of opportunities like this in your b in your ba mm-hmm. so definitely looking at publishing papers we had a research club called the research reading club and i think that was so important because mm-hmm. even what a research paper is it looks at so many things so understanding how do i learn how do i even understand this graph because otherwise mm-hmm. you're going to directly go into publishing a paper for your dissertation so you know that's a huge jump so you know kind of building those steps in between is really important so you mm-hmm. understand the crux of research research is all about curiosity you know mm-hmm. otherwise research seems very daunting but if you act you know mm-hmm. if you're curious about what is happening why is it happening what is the link between this research is the best way to go about it so keep reading and keep updating yourself mm-hmm. definitely um one other tip i would definitely say is you know in ty we might feel a little restricted with the amount of books that is given or your recommended reading mm-hmm. yeah only read from this acha learn this one paragraph from this abnormal psychology textbook mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. outside the box that was one thing i did a lot was because uh, i mean at that time i was more of getting all the marks and getting all the grades and stuff mm-hmm. like that so i did the extra reading uh-huh. but i mean that I, now that i look at it in hindsight i would definitely say to keep that secondary and look at different books what are different books saying about the same concept what are you learning something different yes you know abnormal psychology yes you know disorders but what is a disorder look at it you know mm-hmm. go into the depth because in ba if you have that depth masters will be much easy much mm-hmm. much easier mm-hmm. other thing is do internships do volunteering work is the only way you'll understand the hands on experience mm-hmm. i worked with mind temple 5 years before since i actually got employed at the place oh, so for wow. me that hands on experience was so important you know mm-hmm. understanding the real essence of therapy and actually how it works i was never a therapist mm-hmm. i didn't do anything close to therapy in those 5 years i just did basic calls how do you speak to people how do you understand people mm-hmm. like just basic start with basics yeah mm-hmm. that right. is for undergraduates for postgraduates it's a little different because now you're stepping into a field of deciding right between clinical mm-hmm. counseling industrial 
you know mm-hmm. different different fields but understanding like you know you might find the segregation very you know cut to cut in reality when you're actually practicing it's really similar i mean i don't call myself i'm not a clinical psychologist i'm a psychologist with a clinical specialization mm-hmm. so yeah only some areas are specialized but when we actually compared notes in our t- in our ma part 2 like our last semester it was mm-hmm. so similar but just you know some approaches might be more like focused on disorders you know just approaches are slightly different mm-hmm. so that is one thing prep a lot keep prepping in your summer before your ma because ma seems seems a lot because actually it is a lot there's a there's a lot of work to be done there's a lot of gaps to be filled in your knowledge so mm-hmm. do a little bit of prep something that i didn't do and something that i always recommend to people mm-hmm. that do ask me okay how do i prep for ma just mm-hmm. read read your ty books again understand it don't read it for the purpose of recreating it in a paper you know don't re- don't do it just for those 15 marks you want to get do it for the understanding that you want you know mm-hmm. um there's a lot of work that's going to happen in ma so really work every day I was mm-hmm. someone in my first semester I was a little bit overconfident because my TY was in Mithibai so it was very tough very rigorous course so mm-hmm. when I came to MA I was like oh yeah I can chill I can take it easy not chilly mm-hmm. it's very different even though they're teaching honestly the same thing your MA your first year in MA is almost the same as your TY but it's different mm-hmm. it's not the same it's slightly different there's more mm-hmm. in depth understanding of concepts so work on understanding those concepts because when you go out in the field your the the rote learning that you've done of that three pages of a counseling textbook is not going to matter the mm. understanding is going to matter so focus on really understanding and integrating the concepts mm. yeah mm-hmm. just some of the things nice. yeah yeah just to like add to that the i completely hmm. agree with it since i want to pursue a career in psychotherapy and i'll be going for my masters Hmm. I think what you said about you know looking outside the textbook and just reading a lot hmm. about stuff which you know which just increases your knowledge in terms of how deep you go into the subject I feel like just to know what you want to do you have Definitely. to keep reading to like hmm. building on your knowledge so yeah I completely agree with that Definitely yeah All right so the next question would be uh, where did you pursue your masters and can you give a can you give our listeners an overview of your experience as you pursued your masters Sure So when I got done with my TY um which was in Mithibai I mm-hmm. TY so just going a little bit giving a little bit context so when I did my third year in BA for in TY in Mithibai it was mm-hmm. very very challenging it was I think mm-hmm. I'm much more tougher even than I think both my MA years combined because I just took on a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. You know, there, it's it's very competitive the field. So that mm-hmm. was one thing I I and the thing is I was so used to the structure that my you know the professors gave us in TY. They gave us a very good skeleton. So I was very used to working in that format, but I knew I was getting too much in my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to do it from that place. So then I was like, you know, think I think maybe I'll have to step out of my box. I did it from uh, Money Bay Nanavati Women's College. It is a sister college of SNDT, and it I think was easily the best decision I made. I have loved and loved my master's course, and I couldn't recommend it enough. I was very pumped when I got into that college because that was the only college I applied to. So I was like, thank God, otherwise oh. I don't know what I would have gotten into. Yeah. So I, I did apply oh. for Amity as well, but I was more keen on you know staying over here because I wanted to do internships and I liked the course curriculum because they mm-hmm. had a lot of external stuff. You had a lot of in your second year you did um, internship at a hospital at a government hospital, you know your dissertation and so the experience that Money Bay and Nanavati Women's College gave me was just. amazing and unparalleled 
So, um, I think when I look at experience in my first year, as I said, I was a little bit overconfident when I came in. So, I think mm-hmm. one was the teachers now in MA they are coming with the understanding that you know psychology, right? Mm-hmm. They are not starting with your basics. You they are under the assumption that you know your basics. So now you have to build on those basics. Mm-hmm. So the first year of MA is actually almost a recreation of your your third year. So it's very mm-hmm. similar, but now you'll be adding more books on your board. You're adding experiments on you know on your plate. There's a lot that's added on, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of filing work to do. There's a lot of writing work to do. I was not very comfortable with writing. Writing was something that was very personal to me. But to now, you know, make it seem in a more professional manner, I was so scared. I used to write like till the deadline. The de- deadline said like three p.m. till two fifty-nine. I was still like trying to put in more words, trying to make it better. Mm-hmm. So you know, there was this. It's 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 very competitive. That is one thing that I'll say. It doesn't seem like a competition because everyone's being a therapist, so they're all trying to be nice to each other. But it is competitive. Psychology mm-hmm. is actually very competitive. So you yeah. know, everyone has their grades in their eighties. When I came into my MA, I was like, "Wow, everyone here is really smart. How am I going to cope?" So it was a lot of me to kind of just channelize it into myself rather than the external. That was one thing. One other thing that I, you know, specify and give most importance is the self work that you do in MA, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. now you're going to be directly going to the field. So those two years of prep are very important. Yes, from an education standpoint. Yes, from an academic standpoint. But actually, looking at it in terms of your own work, who am I as a person? I did therapy. I was such. I was so glad that in my first year in MA, I did therapy, and that was easily an amazing decision I made. I didn't have any present problem, but there were some things in the past that I was so afraid that what if this comes up in a session with a client, like two years down the line? Mm-hmm. So there are so many things that you need to work on yourself. and mm-hmm. our teachers also focused on a lot of group work so all of us you know clinic we had a clinical class and a counseling class we used to sit separately we used to voice our concerns be expressive because that is something you're going to be asking from your clients in a way mm-hmm. you know a year down the line so are you able to be honest are you able to be authentic mm-hmm. so you know really working on your inner self and that is tough because you're not just now looking at academics you're also kind of you know like kind of opening the pandora's box a little bit Mm-hmm. because your work you are going to be reading a lot of things that are going to click to you there were times i got so uncomfortable in class because i read something that resonated with you know what happened previously to me so i was it was like okay how do i and i started to my teacher this like you know i think i need a i need a breather it's getting a little heavy for me mm-hmm. but you know it's like almost noticing you're catching yourself in that moment and i feel that was so important that work is so important catching yourself in the moment mm-hmm. okay i'm feeling vulnerable right now okay what is making me feel vulnerable then you know mm-hmm. going into the depths of it Mm-hmm. Seeing my patterns, noticing. Okay, I'm drinking water because I'm feeling stressed about what the teacher is talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, that definitely self work is very important in your MA, and that is something that I really, really emphasize on. Mm-hmm. Um, in our second year, we had um, um, we had a internship with a hospital, a government hospital. So I interned at JJ Hospital. It was oh. a part of our course curriculum, and it was an amazing experience. just the reason being you would never i don't think you'll ever be exposed to you know such kind of work that they do over there it's so fast paced is so much of work you're doing mm-hmm. 10 iq tests in a day something that i i struggle to do oh. one right now but i was like how the <laughs> hell did i do 10 at that time in just a span of few hours is so much of you're just you're just working you're just like on and off mm-hmm. and i feel that work is so important and i that was one of my favorite experiences from you know from ma yeah mm-hmm. definitely 
Uh, also, you spoke about your masters. Do you think mm. your masters was like that turning point in your life, and like it sort of changed you as a person? Obviously, oh. for the better, I'd say. Yeah, Do you think? yeah, definitely. You know, it's so uh, in jest. All there is this thing called, and I love this concept. It's called the paradoxical theory of change. So instead uh-huh. of I, I don't think it. I became better. I just uh-huh. think I became more attuned with who I actually was. Uh-huh, it was just yeah. more of like accepting myself and tuning into the real me, the who I am. What mm-hmm. are my vulnerabilities? What are my strengths? Mm-hmm. What are my weaknesses? What are some things that I hate talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, understanding those those inhibitions inhibitions that you have as a person. Like maybe I, for me earlier, like silence was something that was so difficult. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. actually having those, we used to have a lot of role plays in class, and I never went for those role plays. I used to hide behind my book and just tell my teacher, mm-hmm. "No, I can't be the therapist. I don't think I can ever be a therapist. Why have I come here?" <laughs> my teacher just used to be like, "Just sit." you just start with your basics just listen nothing mm-hmm. else don't do anything don't respond just listen mm-hmm. so you need to have a little bit of a deep dive mm-hmm. you know because in your in your part 4 of your ma you're going to be taking therapy sessions you're going to have like about six client i had like around six clients that i was seeing for therapy i'm not very good at hindi but i did therapy in hindi that's oh, wow. not easy so wow. it was like it's like the mm-hmm. translation so i was like okay i want to talk about this now how do i translate it to hindi and then say it So <laughs> there are challenges that are going to come up, and uh-huh. you have to accept those challenges. So I have to tell my, th- I have to tell my client, I'm so sorry, I'm so bad at Hindi. So just give me a moment, you know, just uh, you know, being accountable for okay, this is not something, this is not my strong suit. So just uh-huh. give me some time to like rephrase what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So oh. it was, it's, it's like you know, it's like a dance between a client and a you know counselor. It's, it's a dance. Yeah. Therapy is almost mm-hmm. like this dance that you're doing between the two of you. So you know, mm-hmm. understanding the dynamic, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like my parents heard they like India. India, my like Hindi ni aati. I, I, yeah, yeah. I'm so ashamed that I'm still so poor at Hindi. I think when I went to the hospital, it became much better. But I feel uh-huh. now it's become bad, so I need to start training myself into yeah, in Hindi. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you spoke about uh, obviously your struggle with Hindi right now. What are some hmm. other struggles you faced during your masters and also while going from masters to actually practicing therapy? Yeah. Um. I think one of the challenges would definitely would definitely be I was I mean I am still you know perfectionist in a way so mm-hmm. I love structure oh I love I love when something is just laid out in front of me and I just want to do it you know <laughs> there's not much of thinking but uh-huh. with your masters is a lot of you have to be flexible mm-hmm. you have to kind of you know understand and then with I think like BA gives you a structure how I look at it is BA gives you a structure master gives you like a skeleton and therapy is like okay now improvise be flexible mm-hmm. so those mm-hmm. were like personal challenges for me and that is something that I actually did a lot of self work on to understand okay what about structure is so like comfortable and what about mm-hmm. flexibility is not comfortable so you know mm-hmm. understanding how to even like improvise as a counselor because You know, we feel like okay, when a client will say this, we are going to do this, 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 and this is how it works. No, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not actually how it works. It's uh-huh. going to be very different. You're going to have new sets of challenges every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So definitely, I would say the challenge one would be um, keep reflecting on what's happening in your sessions. Keep reflecting, even sometimes on your feelings. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. you may feel uncomfortable what a client said, and we mm-hmm. feel a little, a uh, little pinched. Okay, what? Why am I feeling pinched? Just keep it in your mind. Just kind of put it in a box for a second. Mm-hmm. Finish with the therapy and actually come out and reflect on what happened. That was one mm-hmm. challenge I definitely was working on a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're, you know, with uh, masters, there's a lot of studying. 
so there's mm-hmm. a lot of just sitting down i used to sit down on one spot and study for like easily 8 9 hours at a stretch and that is so unhealthy mm-hmm. like i see it now like it was a mm-hmm. very stiff like very sedentary life i didn't move i didn't mm-hmm. and i was someone that was very active so just mm-hmm. sitting and studying i could see like you know there like blocks coming up like sometimes i just couldn't understand what like i'm reading a page 20 times i'm like what the hell is happening what is what are people saying here i'm not understanding mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i you know one thing i would definitely like give like a tip is keep moving walk around take breaks cuz mm. yes studying is a lot of it and studying is a very big part of psychology and it's a lot mm. of studying lot of reading mm. to do mm. but also understand that you need to take breaks you need to draw some lines somewhere so understanding your boundaries that mm. is one thing that i mm. was learning throughout my ba to my ma was that mm. learning boundaries and understanding okay i need to take a break now i need to go meet my friends <laughs> you don't mm. really you don't really have a social life when you're doing psychology yeah. Mm-hmm. So really trying, you have to push yourself. You have to meet people, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that right. is also very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Dia, you earlier spoke about how you were stressed in your third year BA, and I think even sort of in your masters. Yeah. W- were there days where you just went home and you're like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Oh. You know, just oh that sort of giving yeah. up. And what what would you do on days like these? Like you know, how yeah. would you sort of deal with that situation? Definitely. So so one of the so I was. So actually, in my second year, a little bit context. Second year, B, I was actually going to become a dancer. I was set out oh. to be a professional dancer. I was like, this is what my life is going to be. I'm going to dance for a living, and I love it. <laughs> and then I started seeing challenges coming up in dance. I was like, oh, I don't really like it. And I was like, okay, no wait, psychology is my thing. I'm going to be psychology. <laughs> so you know. And then in my third year, I was like, oh my god. In third year only, I was like, I don't think I want to do psychology. I was like, okay, now what do I do? So I started to find other things, and I was like, but I really love psychology. Mm-hmm. So you know there are just times where you're not going to be able to see the bigger picture, mm-hmm. and those are the days you need to take an off. That's when I did. Mm-hmm. There were times uh-huh. where I used to just sit at my com. Like if you actually see my, I think my abnormal textbook, and I I was not a big fan of positive psychology. So mm-hmm. there are actually tear stains on my positive psychology textbook, like still there. <laughs> <laughs> the other day I was looking at them and I was like, wow, I was like really crying throughout this thing. <laughs> and you know those days are going to be challenging, and it's really important to kind of step out of your present and just look at the future. Like, what mm-hmm. is the broader sense? What is yeah. your bigger picture? Mm-hmm. If if every day you are feeling this way, then maybe you need to reflect and understand. Okay, is psychology something? Mm-hmm. There are going to be days when you're going to be like, I don't want to talk to people. Like, I mean, I'm saying this now. There are days when I come back from work where I've worked almost twelve hours. I look at my family and say, Don't talk to me. I don't want to hear a word coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I'm done listening. And that's mm-hmm. real. You're going to feel exhausted. So there are times mm-hmm. you need to take a break. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I still struggle with. So that is like my own like reflection of taking breaks. You know, taking mm-hmm. that some time out just for yourself. Do something. Just dance. Like for me, dance is like an escape, or like paint. Mm-hmm. I'm a terrible painter. I'm a terrible artist. But like this year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make terrible paintings, and that's my goal: <laughs> is to make something terrible and not something amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So like you know, really putting yourself out there in a way, but also like mm-hmm. understanding what your comfort level is. If you need a break, mm-hmm. take a break. Mm-hmm. That is yeah, because it is daunting and it's long term. The thing is, psychology mm-hmm. is just not now. It's not like now I'm a therapist. I'm done with studying. No, I'm still yeah. studying. I start. Mm-hmm. I do courses almost every month. You mm-hmm. know, it's you have to keep updating yourself about what's happening because definitions are changing, theories are changing, therapies are changing. Mm-hmm. You know, therapists are changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a long journey. It's not a destination. So you know, like mm-hmm. after I'm done with masters, I'm done. No, it's just actually it just started. 
now you've started somewhere mm-hmm. yeah. so like looking mm-hmm. at it long term and then when you see the bigger picture it might feel a little bit more secure mm-hmm. so then taking a step back from that mm-hmm. yeah yeah no that's actually so true i feel like the whole idea of boundaries which you mm. put across is so real and i feel like a lot of people when they're going into the field of becoming a therapist you know mm. they struggle with this a lot they like oh i'm a therapist i have to always be there for my clients i need mm. to keep mm. responding to calls mm. i have to give them an appointment even if i'm not feeling at my best so it's a lot yeah. of like, compromising yourself and yeah. honestly a part of being a good therapist is to take care of yourself right like mm. self work is super important yeah. so i think i completely agree with that Mm-hmm. and also yeah. another thing i feel like a lot of people who are going into their masters uh, just like fear mm-hmm. is that you know the whole transition from doing your masters and going oh, yeah. to actually practicing so yeah, yeah. what were the preparations you did as you transition from studying to actually practicing therapy yeah i i actually resonate with that question quite a lot Mm-hmm. So um we so just a little bit of a history so i got done so when march hit last year mm-hmm. 2020 2020 march 2020 we were just in the process of like you know wrapping up with dissertations and we were going to give our exams like two weeks later mm-hmm. you know so i was so nowhere even looking at what the papers was like what are the subjects i'm even doing cuz your second year of masters you're just so focused on your dissertation and mm-hmm. your case file work because that holds a very big chunk i was like wait what do i have to even study and i was so clueless and when the pandemic hit like we got a little bit of extensions this happened mm-hmm. and then they told us okay no you don't have any exams i was like are how can we not give for me i was like how can we not give exams for our last semester then they mm-hmm. said you'll have exams but it's going to be months down the line so from almost march to like i would say september those months i think were so tough for me because mm-hmm. i was just like doubting myself the entire time cuz you know till march i was like constantly working or constantly doing sessions you're feeling comfortable now you know you're in that spot where you start to feel comfortable with therapy you're talking you're understanding you know okay i was like yeah i use this technique today i use that technique so things are clicking and mm-hmm. then i had like this really long gap and i was like wait how am i going to do this now i literally i felt like you know i don't think i can do therapy anymore maybe this is not for me cuz how did i forget to do therapy like for me it's like it's like how am i still forgetting like how to be if a chef is like how i forgot how to cook i was like how do i forgot to be a therapist and i had so many months where i was just doubting myself i was like i can't do this how will i be a therapist in a pandemic how will i how will i talk to clients like you know mm-hmm. on a screen i need to see them and see their body language mm-hmm. so you know again i saw myself fitting into a box fitting into certain criteria you know again that you know the challenge with structure so you know kind of opening up that idea and then when we gave our exams i think in around october we got our results and then you know i was working with mind temple for like you know 5 years so they my you know my doctor my dr anjali chabria told me okay so by november you are joining and i was like ah, i don't think so <laughs> i was like uh, are you sure you know i just see one client and she's like yeah i'm sure like take it you know take it easy you just started out like she could see i was like feeling uncomfortable Mm-hmm. So then, a lot of the you know you're going to have this imposter syndrome. I feel everyone in a way yeah. may have it. Mm-hmm. I I definitely feel it. Mm-hmm. So you know, I went back to my basics. I was like, you know what? Right now, let's not go into the advanced. Just step, just go few you know go few blocks down the ladder. What was your mm-hmm. basic? Then I went to I remember opening up one of my favorite books, and then I looked at you know um, a book on PCT. And I just read PCT. I was like, mm-hmm. ah, this was what it was. I was like, almost like you know, like refreshing myself. Like it was like a refresher course. I was just reading. 
I think like, you're not learning anything. You're not given an exam. Now there's no exam. Now you're just going into the field. Mm. So you just have to work. So definitely, it is challenging. You'll have a lot of pandemic anxiety as a therapist because mm-hmm. you're going to have every conversation is going to start with pandemic, and it is all uncertain. Mm-hmm. Clients mm-hmm. will always ask you, "Okay, when is this going to end?" I mean, I don't know. No one knows when this is going to end. So there's a lot of uncertainty that you are going to be dealing with as a therapist. So it's you know that constant reminder of you know finding your safety in that uncertainty. How do I find it in? And sorry, and and I'm gonna be like this whole conversation mostly focusing on the therapist, not so much on the client because that's different. Yeah. But really focusing on what is my safety in this uncertainty because it is difficult. Mm-hmm. That that transition is definitely difficult. But I would say ease it, ease back into it. So mm-hmm. almost like November, um, you know, December was very. I I took it really slow. I started very slowly. I did a lot of observations. I did a lot of super. Like I was like, oh, you know, observing sessions, speaking to a lot of my seniors. So a lot of my seniors have done like seven years in psychology, like, you know, in therapy. So speaking to them, understanding them, you know, really like just just hearing. I was just like being a, I was being a very active listener, mm-hmm. just hearing what they're going through. I was like, okay, these are some challenges that I face. you know and getting their opinion on it like if you're working in an organization take advantage of your seniors their mm-hmm. seniors for a reason speak to them speak what yeah. challenges came up in your sessions obviously you know keeping confidentiality uh, intact speak to them you mm-hmm. know this happened in a session how do i navigate the situation take mm-hmm. help you know we always tell our clients yeah please reach out for help take you also should take some help reach yeah. out for support if you don't mm-hmm. know how to go about a situation reach out for help Mm-hmm. So you know, just knowing that you do have that support system between this transition is very crucial. Mm. Right. Okay. So Dia, you spoke about the challenges you face. Now, if I had to ask you, what are the three main things that you learned on the way hmm. from you know uh, MA to practicing your therapy and while doing your preparations? Okay. Um, the first thing was something that I said before, but I'm going to reiterate now: was it's a journey. Mm-hmm. you're going to keep learning you're going to keep growing you're going to keep even falling mm-hmm. it's not an upward trajectory like you know how we say healing is not linear even for you it's not mm-hmm. linear there are yeah. going to be ups and downs there was a time where i just felt like you know i don't think i am making sense and there was a lot of me work that i had to do so yeah. you know coming back to the second point of self work self work mm-hmm. is so important during this transition mm-hmm. because now you're going to have self doubt setting you're going to have clients you're going to have a you're going to have various diverse clients mm-hmm. you know understanding their needs what are mm-hmm. their needs and separating them from my needs and if i'm having a need as a therapist reflecting mm-hmm. and questioning why am i having a need for my client mm-hmm. you know so it's it's a lot to do with um what's the word it's a lot to do with those really small factors that do add up to the big factor mm-hmm. so going back in so one is looking at it as a journey and not a destination self work again being very important and also again mm-hmm. you know being open to experiences like when we're so working at mind temple we have another we have a institute called the mind temple institute of behavioral sciences where we look at you know having workshops and training programs for corporate companies and stuff like that and that is that is such a different aspect to psychology that you yeah. don't really see mm-hmm. you know so this was something that was so interesting so i even like you know dove into that and i'm working actively even in that field so you know really being open to a lot of experiences that come your way like going mm-hmm. into it understanding it mm-hmm. and yeah you will you may fail but you ha- and if you're working in an organization you will have your you know seniors to compliment mm-hmm. you if you're failing ask for help 
So you know, it's it's that balance. It's like again, I I like to always think of it in terms of music and dance because it, I resonate with that. So, you know, it's a, it's that harmonize. It's that harmonizing element. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that too. I feel like to be open to like your own experiences, it makes you more flexible with your clients as well. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to be resistant towards what they are saying and how yeah. and their needs. Like you don't want to just let your needs come in the way of actually helping someone else. So mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. is really, mm-hmm. really inspiring. Mm-hmm. Also, like since you had like this really like up and down journey, right? So like mm-hmm. if you were given a chance to start over. Mm. After after you finish your MA, would you do things differently? Um, so I would say yes and no. So some things that I would do def- differently would yeah, being a little bit more proactive. You know, mm. there were times where you know you yeah, obviously you do need your break. Not saying no, but I would there were there were like long periods of time where I would take very long breaks, and that was not needed. And breaks mm. would not even be like okay, I was doing something else. I was just like, oh, you know, just like kind of in this lull phase. Mm-hmm. Like no, I don't want to do this anymore. So you know, like if you don't want to do something, just look at something else because actually MA is pretty rigorous and it's mm-hmm. really important. It's mm-hmm. not the grades. Now I see it. It's not the grades. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to do with your learning and a lot of happy. I had an excellent, like I had really good uh, professors that you know helped us, you know, understand the crux of therapy, understand the crux of psychology, and really bringing that even in us. So you mm-hmm. know that was uh, you know. Those are the things that I would definitely work on. It's just to be a little bit more proactive, not leave a lot of my submissions for the last minute. Mm. Being yeah, not procrastinating as much as I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like catching yourself in those moments. Like sometimes I would procrastinate because what the assign because we had a lot of self work and you know reflection assignments. So mm. I would procrastinate because I was like, oh, I really don't want to think about all of this right now. Yeah. You know, so knowing that okay, I'm having some inhibitions here. what am i inhibition speaking of so you know it's, you have to be super aware of your present mm. you know and also taking a break so it's that balance of both but yeah there were times where i was just like i can't do this assignment this is too personal and i really tell my professor like i think i need a day more and she used to be like yeah okay fair like mm. so i just need some time so they were obviously very understanding mm. in that sense um you know getting back one thing that i would definitely say is that right after i finished ma there was there was a time i was like maybe i need like a break you know after mm-hmm. i got my results i was like no no i just can't get into therapy right now mm-hmm. like i'm not prepared i'm not prepared mm-hmm. but i was like you know what again as i said before like start with your basics okay. build on it and just know the groove of it and there are going to mm-hmm. be a little bit of backfalls that are going to happen but just catch yourself so i did a lot of like in a way i still like after a session i still write down what mm-hmm. happened for me and that really helped me kind of feel a little bit more comfortable because you know the long gap i had that was difficult uh, so you know just being comfortable and getting into mm-hmm. therapy well yeah mm-hmm. just getting your groove back into it will help mm-hmm. yeah yeah also about the part where you spoke about uh, not to focus on marks i think i agree with you because mm-hmm. like if you place your focus completely on marks you close your mind to everything else mm-hmm. like so you know that's the so only true. focus mm-hmm. that you have and so you just don't care about actually learning anything outside your theory yeah. books Like also yeah. initially how you went out of the box and you know yeah l- yeah learn from other books. I think you sort of don't tend to do that if you focus completely on getting marks. Definitely, definitely, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Right, uh, Nia, can you give the aspiring psychologist some pointers when it comes to etiquettes they should and should not have with their clients? Sure. So, um, so in in TY, right, you have a subject on counseling, and there I, I like distinctly remember this chapter on ethics in counseling. 
and i was very good with that chapter because i was like yeah this all makes sense and you know because i've done it in second year also uh-huh. and when in reality when you actually when i even stepped into the space of therapy in my second year of masters i realized that that is just the basic and there is so much more into that mm-hmm. you know there is so much more even in the sense of accountability you know mm-hmm. we we are you know we are preaching this sense of you know ownership accountability to our mm-hmm. clients you know we're speaking about yes own up talk about it mm-hmm. but there are times where you also need to be accountable in a client and you know mm-hmm. in a client and counselor setting mm-hmm. yes oh yeah that what you know, sometimes a client be like i you know they they will have a face and you check with them okay was that okay what i said they say no okay fair so understanding you know you're not so therapy so there was a idea of therapy that i had years ago which was that you know i am this person and this person is learning something from me mm-hmm. so a lot of that deconstruction of that idea of therapy mm-hmm. it's not you are this very big person that you know you're giving pravachans that's not that we're not mm-hmm. doing that mm-hmm. it's a relationship that you're forming with the other person and what is the mm-hmm. crux of the relationship what what are the i what are the beliefs you're forming the relationship with so there are times you're you know going to have that so be accountable own up if something has gone wrong tell your client if your client is telling you you know this is something you said i didn't like it own up to it understand it mm-hmm. you know we might get up our defenses be like no i'm such a good therapist i have done so much work so many clients have worked with why is this client telling me this mm-hmm. now that is something that's speaking on your end understand that take a moment maybe pause for some time go to a senior go to your supervisor speak to them mm-hmm. so that there, there are a lot mm-hmm. of elements to the do's and don'ts which i would mm-hmm. like to say so definitely being responsible for mm-hmm. what's happening mm-hmm. so now that i'm working with uh, now that i'm working with uh, kids um you know children there's a you know parents also really involved you know mm-hmm. so drawing boundaries over there is very difficult actually mm-hmm. something that i didn't know i was like yeah that's my client but now when you're having you know if you're working with a client that's like i have a client that's say like you know 3 years old 5 years old 7 years old mm-hmm. obviously the parents are going to be very involved in the whole therapeutic understanding so you know knowing how to draw those boundaries mm-hmm. are very important something that you may not really learn and understand in your ba ma but something you'll actually understand when you're in the field is how mm-hmm. do i draw these boundaries over here you know a mother will tell you no tell me what is happening in the session mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. i i need to know Mm. you know and you might feel yeah she's the mother she needs to know what's happening but now you you're breaching the trust with your having with your client mm-hmm. so you know understanding the balance you have there taking mm-hmm. the child being the point of contact to say whatever he or she they feels with the with the mother with the father whoever with the caregiver mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so understanding that point of contact so you know there are a lot of things that you have learned in your ma in your ty in all of this you've learned everything in theory and it's solidified in theory but when you actually come out of the field things are going to be different you know yes. you're going you know you're going to have you are going to have difficulties that are going to come up they're going to have hiccups that are going to come up and you won't have answers there is sometimes a client will ask me a question and at that time i honestly don't have an answer to give so i actually tell them i said you know what i i think i need to pause here mm-hmm. you know i'm going to and i write it down i said just give me some time so you know you know you're on the same page i'm not mm-hmm. like this person that knows everything you know because mm-hmm. i don't know everything Hmm. Yeah. So taking a moment, pausing there, breathing into it in a sense, and you know, then coming back into the session and you know addressing that. Hmm. Hmm. So that yeah. is very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Like, uh, I've spoken to other therapists as well, and they they said that you can never be a perfect therapist. You know, it's like yeah. a it's mm-hmm. like a lifelong learning. Like you never yeah. stop learning mm-hmm. when it comes mm-hmm. to therapy. Very yeah. true. Very true. Very true. There are also times that I feel like uh, we also learn from the clients. You know, hmm. that's another person sitting in front of us dealing with a lot of stuff we probably dealt with in our past, yeah. right? So they may bring like experiences and emotions which we. felt at a point mm. of a feeling in that moment and sure. just like working together I feel like that's also a lot of reflection being yeah. done in the therapeutic space and yeah. Just, yeah and I feel like if you are accountable for something you've done wrong and you stick by what you tell your client I feel yeah. like that's the best way to build that trust yeah definitely yeah. definitely it really helps in like building that trust with mm-hmm. your uh, client because a lot of the therapeutic relationship is trust Mm-hmm. you know if yeah. i don't trust my therapist or i don't yeah. trust the space if i'm mm-hmm. telling my therapist something and i can see that they're uncomfortable that, that is so difficult for the client mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know yeah. they are coming and sharing so much of their world they're showing mm-hmm. us their world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and um, you know if we are taking a step back and if we are like okay no so then you know your needs and expectations are coming you know sometimes in therapy you, you know you'll feel this that why isn't my client progressing so much why are they mm-hmm. not becoming better mm-hmm. you know so then i always like so one of i was speaking to a friend that was telling me this and i was like what is better who mm-hmm. is better yeah. you know mm-hmm. what is this point of comparison that that is being put mm-hmm. that you're comparing that this person should be better mm-hmm. so you know that is your expectation coming in that is yeah. your need that's coming mm-hmm. that's not the that's not the client's need that's your mm-hmm. need that they should be better Mm-hmm. they should have had so much progress by now mm-hmm. they should feel better no yeah. our our role is just in a limited sense is to normalize what's happening feeling accepted mm-hmm. feeling aware noticing what's happening mm-hmm. we're not we're not curing because there's nothing that is to be cured mm-hmm. exactly we're not we're not mm-hmm. we're not fixing what is you know that fixing what is yeah. broken mm-hmm. they're not broken mm-hmm. you know yeah i feel so, like agree mm-hmm. who Yeah, I I feel like if, like we as humans in general, we set too many standards for uh, certain things. Yeah. Like even I feel like I see it all over Instagram and Twitter. Hmm. People set beauty standards, you know. Like oh, yeah. if you look like this person or hmm. this person is, you know, probably the most beautiful person in the world and all yeah. that. Yeah. And I think hmm. the same thing about when you talk about being better. I feel like I I don't think you there can really be a standard of what yeah. better is. It it yeah. depends from individual to individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that whole aspect of good enough. am i yeah. enough you yeah. know that is something that mm-hmm. is such a common you know script that's around is that am i good enough because mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. always being compared to something else yeah yeah exactly so, yeah mm-hmm. yeah so true uh, so dia in your hmm. opinion do you think it's better to work in an organization when you're just starting out or hmm. to start your private practice like what are the pros and cons of each Um I would say definitely definitely it's an individual choice. So it mm-hmm. really depends on what you are comfortable with as a therapist if you're getting into mm-hmm. the field. Yeah, mm-hmm. so for me is I have always liked to work in a peer setting and I was very comfortable with my temple because I've been working with the same people for like 5 years. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had that sort of comfort, you know, within them. Mm-hmm. So for me an organization worked really well. So when it comes to private practice, I for my opinion it is definitely challenging. you know mm-hmm. but it's also very you know you have the autonomy of doing things your way mm-hmm. building a client base 
it's more difficult but i feel now when you have like things like instagram it's really it's a good way to like reach out to mm-hmm. clients mm-hmm. putting this as a header instagram is not therapy it's just mm-hmm. a way to maybe reach out to therapists and mm-hmm. you know see what kind of framework they're working with you know is it resonating with you have they said something that's like an aha mm-hmm. moment for you so you know mm-hmm. i feel like private practices work i'm seeing a lot of like instagram pages and i feel that's really amazing because it's also you know spreading a lot of awareness about mental health mm-hmm. you know understanding deconstructing ideas of therapy that you know people may hold mm-hmm. um yeah but and with private practice you are your brand which is i think amazing mm-hmm. you're being your own brand now when it yeah. comes to organizations uh, so the way mind temple works is we have psychi- we have a, we have like psychiatrists and generally uh, her name is we have one psychiatrist her name is dr anjali chabria and she is the founder of mind temple and she's worked over i think i think 25 years or something yeah i think 25 wow. years plus wow. yeah she she is brilliant <laughs> and uh, so she generally so mostly clients will always uh, you know approach her and then from there we get therap- from there you know she connects to, to the mm. therapists and stuff mm-hmm. so for us you know we do get a more easier you know building base in the sense we get more clients but I I don't know how that works. I really don't know too many people in private practice. Actually, know a lot of my friends have gone into organizations, mm-hmm. so I don't really know much about the private practice uh, space. But I really feel it's an individual choice as to what are you expecting, what are your needs. You know, mm-hmm. do you feel like it'll be better if you operated in an organization? So in an mm-hmm. organization, also we have a lot more things that come up. Like, um, so I'm I'm a co-facilitator of a. cancer grief loss and bereavement support group you know so these are all opportunities that you know we given to dr anjali and then you know she'll connect us therapists and you know group us into different different aspects so you know i from my experience in organization works well for me because i actually really like having peers because i feel like that for me is a good way to kind of check in sometimes mm-hmm. you know in a private space i feel that may become difficult but again i don't think i'll might be the right person to share on private space because i'm private private practice because mm-hmm. i'm not really done a lot of my understanding and work there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so there in society uh, there tends to form a hierarchy in every profession especially in india and i'm sure you must be knowing about that hmm. do you feel there is any such hierarchy when it comes to various kinds of psychologists yeah so very nice question <laughs> i'm thinking we'll be putting me in a spot over here <laughs> <laughs> but um so generally i mean from my experience obviously psychiatrists are given the first mm-hmm. upper hand mm-hmm. um and then kind of looked at i think then maybe clinical psychologists yeah counseling industrial you know like just and then you know if you have anyone neuropsychology because mm-hmm. they're not and i feel now that comes from a lot of place of lack of awareness yeah, yeah there yeah. it's mm-hmm. so difficult to kind of put them in a hierarchy because the work that they all are doing is so different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like how in what we are we categorizing them into like one stream mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so i definitely feel yeah there is a hierarchy i mean i faced it you know on a on a personal basis as well fortunately not in my organization because we really try to maintain a more equal approach and i feel that works well for us mm-hmm. but um, you know like i mean i'm just not even a year into therapy and i see like my senior psychologist just like pushing me out there like no take this up take that up yeah. you know and i was like wait you were like you have had so many years of experience and they're like this is how you're going to learn so you know i i feel mm-hmm. so comfortable because i know they're there to compliment me if mm-hmm. anything happens like i have you know so many mentors so for me that it it works well mm-hmm. but i do see it in like in different senses yeah i do see there is a hierarchy 
but that does come from a place of i think you know i think there needs to be more awareness of what kind of work people do because still now i'll see people who come up to me saying oh so can you prescribe medication <laughs> so then after you like you know go on like the the definitions of what is a psychiatrist a psychologist mm-hmm. clinical psychologist counseling psychologist obviously yeah. there's an overlap but the work they do is very different to kind of it's difficult for us to kind of club them into one thing and form a hierarchy mm. you know so yeah, yeah. and i feel like in india i mean mm. i could be wrong here but i feel like the hierarchy takes place why because people are like okay if this person has doctor and something huh. huh. they are probably good clinical yeah, psychologists yeah. now they are called clinical psychologists if they are rci approved like if they have the yeah license. yeah yeah correct mm. correct correct mm. that's why they have they are higher up in the hierarchy yeah. counseling yeah. because there is no license i feel like there's third i'd say yeah yeah and mm-hmm. then industrial because uh, over here no i don't think corporates really care about uh, mental yeah. health yeah. i think yeah. only um, i spoke to someone else the other day and they told me only after like the sushant singh rajput case you know to probably increase their brand name they started showing that they care about mental health and all that and then i feel like all that sports psychology and all that is like there's nowhere and this is obviously very specific to india you know correct correct so yeah i think that's if i had to put it simply i think that's how it would be the hierarchy that takes place here yeah and go on go on go on no no you can So there was this one when you when you spoke about the whole corporate thing you know this mm-hmm. so we have an offshoot called the Mind Temple Institute of Behavioral Sciences and you know mm-hmm. after the pandemic we realized and because of so much of pandemic anxiety work from mm-hmm. home you know such a different context like your world has changed mm-hmm. the way you are operating has changed you are with your family 24/7 so much of frustration so much of uncertainty so much of anxiety that's come up So mm-hmm. a lot of actually corporates have now taken a more proactive role when it comes to mental health. Yeah. You know which is I find it so great like we see so many like companies will like you know approach us like yeah and we do like basics of mental health. Just you know mm-hmm. understanding what mental health is and you know for us because we're in the profession we feel yeah all these people know but the mm-hmm. clients we're getting are people that have mental health concerns they're mm-hmm. facing some challenges but you know some people you don't know the the you know they don't know that oh what i'm feeling is actually anxiety you know the identification mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not saying that they have to identify and label it something but oh what i'm mm-hmm. feeling is normal this yeah. does happen mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not this out of this box person that's feeling it yeah people are feeling it so mm-hmm. when the conversation is there i feel especially in corporate settings where you know there's a larger audience we're reaching to mm-hmm. there's so many people we're reaching to like so many like easily over like thousands And yep. then you know it's like then it's like more of like a trickle down effect where they tell their family like you know we went for this and they spoke about this that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So you know I feel reaching out to corporates is such a great way of like spreading awareness. Awareness. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. I also feel like um, as a society we tend to like take a step towards mental health when you know things are getting bad. Like yeah. If we hear about someone, someone's mm. depression or someone taking yeah. their own life, yeah. I feel like that's yeah. when we really act. And hmm, I feel like hmm, that hmm, shouldn't hmm. be the way it should be, right? We should yeah. be present with how things are right now and act towards yeah. it right now. Yeah, and that's also, so true. Yeah, hmm. I also want to add one more thing. How you said hmm. that you know at the at Mind Temple you have this support system hmm. who you have to go back to. So if you're feeling anxious, you can just go and hmm. speak to someone there. You know, so it's a very yeah. supportive environment. And I feel like as a therapist, you need to have a good. support system not so like true. multiple mm. people but just maybe two three people who you can rely on yeah and i remember during like my interviews the first question which i was asked was do you have a good support system tell us mm. more about it because 
it's going hmm. to be emotionally draining right this this profession so i think just that having that supportive environment hmm. is super important definitely definitely i i so agree with that mm-hmm. because you're 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 doing so much work mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i always call this the the art of disengagement mm-hmm. when to engage and when to disengage mm-hmm. you know now when the when pandemic has you know now when we're doing say therapy in in a pandemic setting things have mm-hmm. changed so earlier mind like i'll just now this i don't know how other organizations works so i'm just going to speak for mind temple but mm-hmm. earlier it was that none of the cl- none of the counselors had like a personal contact with the client like they didn't have our numbers mm-hmm. right so because we had like an administrative team that contacted fixed up the appointments confirmed the mm-hmm. appointments so you know we went like the, the therapist went back home to home mm-hmm. you know now the clients have our numbers and that does set up different challenges mm-hmm. where people will will message you at any time of the day and obviously that is if someone is having a panic attack if someone mm-hmm. is having any active suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. then you do need to address that so that you know there's a constant like you're just a constant you're constantly working that mm-hmm. which does get difficult you know you're bringing work back to your home which mm-hmm. is something that never actually did happen with at least the previous therapists that I saw at my temple like they did all their testing work then like okay 6 pm 7 pm done Mm-hmm. you know it's finished i'm done mm-hmm. with the day now i'm home now with family i'm just going to chill and go to my workout you know then i'm in my own space mm-hmm. but definitely mm-hmm. with the pandemic your the boundaries are actually difficult to draw and this is something that i personally also struggle with because mm-hmm. i do see myself so many times like you know 10 o'clock i'm finishing off a report doing this doing that and there are times mm-hmm. i have to be like no just like don't touch your laptop just stay mm-hmm. away from it so i'll mm-hmm. go to my dog and i'll be like entertain me <laughs> you know play with me because mm-hmm. i need to get my mind off work mm-hmm. so you know you're constantly working because you know your help you know the whole thing of you're like con- you're you're, t- you're talking to people right you know i have to help but there are times you need to draw boundaries for yourself because you this field i mean one mm-hmm. of the most important concepts i'm sure you would have heard of is compassion fatigue Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and it's such a real thing you know something that i mentioned the start like when i come home i tell no like nobody talk to me mm-hmm. i said don't talk to me like my boyfriend will call me up at night i'll just be like no i can't hear a word i'm so sorry i need a break he's like please take a break and i'll watch friends or i'll watch some like you know brooklyn 99 so you know find your spaces to like you know disengage because you mm-hmm. can't you cannot always constantly engage in something yeah you know the more you're consuming of that it also does it does leave a toll on you you do mm. feel fatigued you do feel tired mm. you know when are you getting that break cuz now for me whatsapp is everything i have everyone on my whatsapp mm-hmm. you know so that does get challenging so knowing how and when to take those breaks and okay i'm not going to respond i'm going to respond because for me work hours are this so now i have explicitly mentioned to my clients that these are my work hours unless an emergency please contact otherwise no mm. you need to set such Bond strict you. rules mm-hmm. which is very very important yeah mm-hmm. for sure and also since we were talking about the pandemic right like hmm. bringing in so much like stress hmm. and frustration so like hmm. uh, how did covid hinder your sessions and generally practicing as a therapist and yeah. and in what ways would it be harder to start practicing therapy during covid yeah so you know one thing that um i'll definitely like want to like talk about was you know when in Mar- not in march in like february like when i was just getting done like from in that time i you know February 2020 I was like yeah in one month I'm going to be done in mm. June July I'm going to go for a vacation then in August I'm going to start work you know like you mm. have this structured timeline I was like looking forward to like you know meeting people talking to people I was really looking forward to that whole process and now everything mm. kind of just didn't happen nothing of mm. that sort happened there was a long mm. gap I started working in like November 
Now when we started working in November, I was like now talking to clients on screen, and that is mm-hmm. so difficult because you're gonna have, you're gonna have that that human connect, which is mm-hmm. I feel one of like your foundation of yeah. therapy, right? That mm-hmm. human connect, mm-hmm. the essence of you seeing the person, they're seeing mm-hmm. you, they see your body language, you see, you know, it's like you know how we mirror a client. Mm-hmm. How do I mirror a client when there's a screen in front of me? Mm-hmm. So you know that's when you start have to like. you know you start improvising i did face a lot of like you know technology issues mm-hmm. you're talking over the other person you know cutting off some uh, wifi goes this goes that goes and like mm-hmm. sometimes just when you're in like you know in like a more of a breakthrough phase or you're talking about something and then something happens and mm-hmm. it just it is frustrating it is mm-hmm. definitely frustrating but you know understanding the challenges you have and it's out of your control mm-hmm. you know so many times you'd want to control it as a therapist you know i have perfect wifi but something will happen something mm-hmm. will maybe break your session and then mm-hmm. knowing okay now how do i go from here yeah mm-hmm. how do i improvise there's a lot of improvisation that needs to happen so mm-hmm. i have a few clients that you know are like 8 years old 10 year old and all that and for them when it's on everything they're doing is on a screen mm-hmm. they always seeing the screen so for them it's almost like acha she's a teacher you know mm-hmm. i don't yeah. want them to feel they're in a teacher setting so i tell them don't sit on your desk I mm-hmm. want them to sit comfortably, even if they're lying down. I don't mind. Go mm-hmm. make them sit in a in a you know in a backyard. Make them sit with there's some there's some nature. Make them sit next to nature. Mm-hmm. Give them something to touch. So I give them either tell their parents as I give them clay. Give mm-hmm. them you know like kind I I play I work with like kinetic sand. Like give them something to work with. Give them some toys next to them. Mm-hmm. Put some because now we have to improvise because now in person I would have in a we have like a playroom at my temple so you know we work in this playroom with it's very colorful so many toys are there we play so many games so now we have to work like I play like Connect Four on the laptop mm-hmm. you know so you have to improvise mm-hmm. how else do you build rapport with a child because a child is like अरे एक और one hour I have to spend with this person mm-hmm. I don't want to do one more session I'm so tired they're so done with screens everything for mm-hmm. them is a screen their play time mm-hmm. is a screen. Then their teacher, this all of their schoolwork is screen. Now one more thing you're putting in screen is stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So then, like I, so I also will be in like a. I'll try to mimic the surroundings. So if I tell them, okay, if they are in like a place where there's greenery, I'll sit them. I'll sit. I'll sit in my backyard. So you know, mm-hmm. almost they'll see like a similar environment. So you know, the feeling that we're in the same environment, although we're not. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of improvisation that needs to happen here. Mm-hmm. That is very important. Because actually, with with uh, with children, it is very difficult to connect. So you know, knowing that rapport building will take time, and let it take it time. Because mm-hmm. earlier, when person to person, maybe three four sessions may feel enough. You know, depending on clients, mm-hmm. but three four sessions do feel enough because they're seeing you, they're talking to you, they know who you are. But here, they're not seeing you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just seeing this much of your face. They're just seeing the squared image. How mm-hmm. do they connect? So giving that time for rapport building, you know, taking taking its time. Not mm. rushing with it and trying to okay, let's start work, let's start work. No, mm. you're in a very mm. different setting, so know the limitations you're coming with. Mm. So improvise according to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I feel like the more you force someone to like, um, go like talk about mm. what they've experienced, I feel like mm. the more they'll resist it. So I think to just go and to just let them be in that present moment, I feel like they'll come around eventually. You know, just yeah. With the just. Depending on how safe and comfortable they feel, definitely. so yeah, definitely. I think the relationship just matters a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Um, quite a good episode. Uh, yes. I learned a lot from you, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs>
but now i'm really you know stressed and i feel so pressurized because i'm only 18 you know i'm six years to go and now already scared <laughs> you know you telling me about the masters and all i thought it'd be a little easier but clearly it, it i don't think so <laughs> but, uh, yeah yeah it is, it is definitely terrifying me too cuz i'm going in like two months and i'm just going to like i don't know what i'm going to do but i guess hmm. it's just to like go with the flow yeah but yeah take it as it come like i mean just take baby steps hmm start with baby steps just start with okay i have to do an assignment do the assignment don't look at yeah. oh god i have exams in the next 3 yeah. months okay the exams yeah. are coming but yeah. take it small because it it is a lot hmm. the reality is that it is a lot yeah. you know, people will try to sugarcoat it it's not it's not hmm. that sweet hmm. it is sweet and bitter it's like a roller coaster it's honestly like any other course it's just hmm. more challenging because also there's a lot of your own work that's involved i feel that's what make psychology more challenging because a lot of inner work that you do yeah mm-hmm. you sure. know so yeah. that mm-hmm. is i feel like added challenges that come onto the plate mm-hmm. yeah 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 I, i yeah i feel like everyone for everyone who's listening i'm pretty sure they they will learn a lot from this episode i think i personally did and i'm sure antara did as well yeah i'm so glad i'm so yeah. glad thank mm-hmm. you so much yeah so mm-hmm. thank you for being with us dia uh, thank I you so much thank and, you uh, Thank you. Thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.